Precious tritium is the fuel that makes this podcast go. There's only 25 pounds of it on the whole planet. It's great comes great responsibility. Hello and welcome to the Swinging Through Spider-Man recap episode. Uh, we didn't really like our first or you know first few episodes. To be honest, we didn't find the swinger things for ages. Um, I'm James Rushton. That's Bradley Hughes, and we have finally found the swinger things. <laughs> Ish. That, sw- that swinger things has come very hard. It's been a slow process, but we've got there. We kind of know, like. It took me hours and hours and hours to write episodes, and it took me hours and hours and hours to get to my point. Now I know how to digest a fucking episode. Now I know how to relate to you, Bradley. So I feel like we can do a recap. If you're a first-time listener, this is the podcast for you. It will take you up through the you know 21 issues of Spider-Man, so you don't have to deal with our bullshit whilst we were finding our way. I mean, that, that, I, I guess they're pretty cool. Um, people didn't like drop off. We, you know. Listeners only increased. <laughs> no one listened to the first episode and went, fuck this. You know, a large portion of people carried on. So we can't have been all that bad, really. But still, no, some, some people had some tough cookies, man, sticking it out. Yeah, really are. Like uh, little cockroaches, they can't, you know, that radiation, that nuclear bomb isn't wiping them out. Uh, but we fa- thank everyone who listens to this podcast. It is uh, a really, really fun podcast to do. Uh, what the process is, is each week or twice a week, I read a Spider-Man comic from Marvel Unlimited uh, in, in order, in chronological order, as far as I know, to Bradley Hughes over there. And that's it. <laughs> and then we, we, yeah. we, we stop the episode. We do another one the next day or the next week. Uh, but that, that's basically it. Um, so this episode is basically here for us to recap really quickly everything, all the threads that are currently dangling in the storyline. We're not going to go deep into it. It's just there so you know what we're talking about if we reference stuff. Because we're probably going to do these uh, every 25 episodes or so, just so, one, anyone who has just been listening to one or two episodes rather than keeping on board throughout the whole entire you know series, they can maybe pick up on stuff that they may have missed, you know, um, sometimes one episode will hold all the information on it. I mean, we, we, we create characters, we create um, jokes in amongst the episodes, which, you know, tend to follow on. Yeah, it's definitely worth like listening. I think number seven was probably a high point. When yeah, that was, the came back. that was. That was like the turning point. I feel anyway. I mean, the actual listeners, the important people, might have a different opinion. They might have been, oh, number two or number one was where it really turned. But I feel like number seven was because we just started ripping the piss out of the vulture. And we found <laughs> our feet. We found like, oh, we're not going to just recount Spider-Man. We're going to really make our own thing and yeah. really just go with it. And it's working. It's going swimmingly because everything falls into plan for us straight up. The characters are too predictable, and they do this. They do the shit that we want them to do, and so it's working out. It's really easy to recap, and I'm pretty sure it's going to get a lot more complex down the line. Uh, but at the moment, we're reading two a week from the original Amazing Spider-Man run, and this is going to catch you up twenty or so. So, where did we start off? Well, you know where we start off. Uh, Spider-Man gets bit by a spider, a radioactive spider. 
Peter Parker's bit by a radioactive spider, sorry, becomes Spider-Man. Um, it's a life-changing process for him, though, isn't it, Brad? Uh, not life-changing the fact that he's got superpowers and he can climb up walls, but the fact that he goes, hang on, I can make a bit of money out of this. Yeah, it's sort of like we understand Spider-Man from a certain point of view through, like, you know, uh, popular culture, like animated films, animated TV series, um, the Marvel films, you know, all these little tidbits that we know through popular culture. But having read these comics, we understand that Spider-Man isn't actually the heroic man that we always thought he was. Um, actually, Peter Parker's a bit of a narcissistic um, little shit, for lack of better words. Um yeah, he's flawed. He's like flawed like an actual human would be. Uh, he wants to be successful. He wants to sort his family out. He wants to do all that stuff. But he's also got a really... Uh, an inner turmoil about wanting to be loved and wanting to be accepted and wanting to be popular and wanting to be successful. And that's that's only only human. Yeah. But then there'll be occasions where he'll go, I'm going to straight up steal the human torture's girlfriend, which gets us onto our first thing, actually. Aside from his Uncle Ben dying, you know, of course, uh, Spider-Man, his power's got too much to his head. Um, Uncle Ben, his uncle, who lived at home with his Aunt May, uh, was shot in cold blood thanks to Spider-Man, who, who's actually got the best of him, and he let a criminal walk past, and that criminal would go on to kill his Uncle Ben. So that's the main thing. Like we said, Spider-Man was after a bit of um, cash dollar, those bonolas. Um, actually a big theme in these original comics, which I didn't realize um, to the point where he's not actually all that heroic. He's, uh, he's mainly after money. He's mainly after, um, you know, f- f- financing uh, his lifestyle and, you know, paying off bills for his family. Well, Aunt May at the time, um, he gets stiffed, out of um, a prize money from a TV show that he was on, the a man came along and stole that money. Uh, Spider Man could have just stopped the criminal, not a problem. Absolutely, he could have. He could have stopped him even if he was a regular person. He could have just put his foot out, tripped him up, because there was a police officer right behind him chasing him. Would have been over. Uncle Ben would have been alive. Everyone would be happy. Um. As we know, Peter Parker didn't stop that criminal. That criminal goes on to go kill Uncle Ben. Um, and Peter Parker realises that, you know, being Spider-Man, it's, it's, it's a lot harder than it, than it looks, you know. Yeah, with great power must come great responsibility, which is the actual line. I think in the films, it's just with great power comes. And that must, that must is so important because, you know, response it's, it's you have to be you know you have to be the hero you have to be the man um the other thing that surprised me about spider-man is that we've we've been told through the various sort of um you know popular culture references and stuff that spider-man wears his mask to hide his identity to make sure that his loved ones such as aunt may or his girlfriends in future literations you know don't get any harm brought to him through everyone knowing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man because Spider-Man has enemies. He actually puts his mask on so people don't make fun of him. Yeah, it's so he, like, if he fucks up, he's not embarrassed. And 
that's that's all right. That's pretty human. Can't disagree with that, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, he's a lot more imperfect than maybe in the film, especially Amazing Spider-Man. But I digress, man. Um, he has a first big event, and this is a running theme, so we'll wrap all this up. He has a rivalry with a true New York superhero, the Human Torch of the Fantastic Four. They cross paths quite a lot, and Spidey is always out to prove himself against someone who's a celebrity. So they don't really get on <laughs> too much at to all. that at all. No, um, Spider-Man twice has tried to steal the Human Torch's girlfriend, not because he likes the or he wants to start a relationship, but because he wants to prove that he's better than the Human Torch. Which is uh, that's strange. <laughs> he, like we said, he's just this narcissistic kid. He is a kid. He's uh, what? It's portrayed as a sixteen to seventeen year old in these comics. And yeah, exactly. He's sort of like he's been bullied by the school bully uh, Flash. You know, he gets ripped on, and we've we've used this a couple of times as an example. Is that when he becomes Spider Man? That's his escapism. That's his. Uh, you know, his larger-than-life personality where he can be whoever he wants to be. And one part that comes with that is that he wants to still prove himself even more powerful, even more worthwhile than the Fantastic Four. Yeah, he uh, he really doesn't help himself. Um, He does attack the Fantastic Four at one point. And they kind of had this kind of mutual respect for him. But at the moment, they're clashing heads. They haven't really got on well. They've tried to fight crime together. It hasn't really worked because their personalities are just too big for them to truly work with. Like the Fantastic other. Four are like, so, we've saved the uh, world numerous occasions, and you're just this kid that broke into our house. Yeah, and uh, whilst you have plaudits for that, you're still a fucking yeah. asshole. So, yeah, that's, that's that. Um, in terms of villains, there is Dr. Octopus. The man with four robotic arms. There is Craven the Hunter, who's a straight up hunter. There's Mysterio, a special effects wizard. There is Scorpion, a genetically modified fucking mutant to basically whose sole purpose is to destroy Spider Man, but he goes crazy, so he fucks off. Uh, who else is there? There's the Sandman, Sandman. of course, and your man, Green the Green Goblin. Goblin. You've also got the Enforcers, who just. Yeah, uh, Fancy Dan, Ox, fucking Montana. Uh, you got the Ringmaster. The Ringmaster, of course. You've got the Beetle, Abner Jenkins. You've got the big man, Frederick Foswell. You know who I'd um, say his biggest nemesis is? Jane Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. I think it's John Jonah Jameson. I, 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 I feel good. Yeah, but he's known as J. Jonah Jameson. I might yeah. have got that wrong, <laughs> still. Um, he's the editor of the Daily Bugle newspaper, where Peter Parker actually works, and he fucking hates Spider-Man. He doesn't stop printing stories about how much he hates Spider-Man. So there is that. <laughs> this is the, the other reason how come Peter Parker likes to wear his mask as Spider-Man. And the whole reason why he actually goes and does heroic things is that so he can take photos of himself doing said things, then sell those photos back to the... Daily Bugle, which is the newspaper in which that he works at. So we have, you know, there's a bit more than villains. Though. There's love interests as well. There are a few characters in Peter Parker's life. There is a Betty Brant, 
Betty Brandt has been his girlfriend-ish for about half the series that we've read up to at this point. Um, she's been involved in various antics. Spider-Man has had to save her life a few times from hostage situations. But it's Peter Parker, the alter ego, that she's kind of been going out with. And they don't really get along at all. No, not really. And not ever since um, Spider-Man was involved in Betty Brandt's uh, brother dying in a uh, entanglement between... Was it Doc Ock and... Yeah. His... It's... um, It wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good at all. Um, yeah, she was wrapped up in some really bad shit, basically. Um, I don't know if the Doc Ock thing and the Enforcers was, was related, but they both fucking got involved with her issue after issue. So it, it, it wasn't looking good at all. Um, there's Betty Brandt. There's also Liz Allen who is basically the big girl at school and she's taken a liking to Peter Parker because he is absent, he's mysterious and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure why she's interested in uh, Peter Parker at all, mate. No, it's not really explained, is it? No, she suddenly takes, she seems to take a fancy to him um, because he's popular and her... Um, her love also or how she's attracted to Peter is brought up a lot because it pisses Betty off basically and Betty is kind of not Peter's boy girlfriend anymore but kind of is and she's kind of seeing someone called Ned Leeds who fucked off for six months to Europe at this point so I'm not sure where that's going but I guess we'll find out yeah. soon I mean in amongst all these sort of things is that Peter has a lot of ups and downs. Um, throughout his his triumphs, there are an awful lot of low points. A um, couple of times he's thrown in the towel. A couple of times he's wondered to himself whether or not if it's even worth it. Because the people in New York aren't actually too happy with him. You know, you have the one or two that are massive advocates, um, such as Flash Thompson. But then there are a lot of people out there that don't believe in what he does and believes he's a menace, including his aunt. His life isn't simple, is it, at all? It's not like how it's cut out to be at all. But, yeah, that's not it's, That's not it. I think you should go back and listen to each individual episode if you've got the time or inclination to do so. But there's a lot going on in his life. And he hasn't beat the Green Goblin yet, which is kind of a, a, a thing. You know, he's beaten all of the villains who've come, to, come into his path, but he hasn't beat the Green Goblin, mate. He actually hasn't. The Green Goblin has escaped many times. Um, he's been stalked by the Scorpion, Matt Gargan, who he beat up. Um, but it's a Green Goblin that eludes him. Um, the Enforcers he's beat up. Doc Ock he's uh, put an end to, you know, twice. But he hasn't got the best of the Green Goblin, and that is something we kind of look forward. That's kind of what we're moving into now, is the Green Goblin being the big focus and how annoyed Peter is that he hasn't beat him. And, of course, his love life, um, Betty, Liz, and also the neighbour. He's tr- being someone, you know, basically, the neighbour is trying to set him up with his her niece. <laughs> and that's not going too well at the moment. But I'm pretty sure that there's a lot to it, obviously, because we've recorded hours and hours and hours of material. But that is basically, basically, in a nutshell, it. That's all the relationships, you know, we can go, you know, yeah. as rivalry with Flash Thompson, he 
is trying to hide being Spider-Man. He's trying to get the bills paid. He's trying to earn money. And he's he's got a good few good wins on his belt. He gets knocked down. He gets back up. He fights. He's finding out what it means to be Spider-Man. And it's not going swimmingly at points, I guess. No, he's, he's juggling his own life as well as being Spider-Man. And it's not an easy game. He's dropping the balls. The wires get crossed quite often where, you know, being Spider-Man is detrimental to his own personal life and his own connections within his life, especially when it comes to his love life. Yeah, so the love life isn't going too well. He's not sure where he stands. He's uh, trying to get out of high school into a course, move on with his career. But he's also Spider-Man and he's also got a lot of threats to face. And he's jabbed most of them. But there's that one big threat in the background that keeps circling around him. That's the Green Goblin. And of course, he's always got to be worried about people like the Sandman and Dr. Octopus popping up at points. Yes, especially when they're only in prison for four days. Yeah, these people get out of prison fast. That's a thing as well. So uh, keep an eye on that. We'll uh, we'll keep repeating that because that will go round and round and round. But he's, he's finding where he is. Peter Parker's finding where he is in life. He's getting used to being Spider-Man. He's standing on his own two feet-ish. And I think anything else to add? Because I think that's the end. I think that's a decent job of a... Yeah, that, that sums it up. It's This is really just to recap. So you guys can listen to this if you are new to the series and carry on with the full fat, creme de la creme, beautiful content that we produce. And by beautiful, I mean it's fucking ugly. It's almost as bad as athlete's foot, but it's better quality at least. It's uh, It is a ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's one way to put it. Yeah, man. Uh, I think, yeah, go back and listen to any episode. I think number seven's a good one. Because that's Spider-Man really fucking stepping up and uh, nailing the Vulture twice. And there's an annual part one and two, which is a quick battle with each of Spider-Man's main villains. There's the Green Goblin and Scorpion ones where two big villains come in and beat the fuck out of Spider-Man. That's about it, really. Um, So, yeah, you can listen to those ones or listen straight from the start or just carry on from the next one. Um, I've been James Rushton, that's Bradley Hughes, and this has been our quick, quick, quick um, swing by through our Spider-Man saga so far, and that's the recap done. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you with the real deal soon. Goodbye.